This week on the Habs Forum, we have some exciting stuff to talk about for once because, you know, as we know this year, the, the play on the ice hasn't been the most fun to talk about, but big changes in Montreal. Bergevin, Timmins, and Paul Wilson fired. I mean, the big ones obviously are Mark Bergevin, the GM, and Trevor Timmins, the head of scouting. It's a, it's a new day in Montreal. I mean, it, it happened a couple of days ago at, the, at this point, but some huge changes that a lot of fans wanted. Uh, I mean, we've been up and down on Bergman over the years, but I, it's hard to argue with the beginning of this year uh, to say that it wasn't uh, wasn't necessary. So we're we're going to talk all about that. I mean, we're probably not going to talk much about the, the the recent games. I mean, they still suck. I mean, that's all you need to know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the new hire, Jeff Gorton, uh, his history, who we think should be the next GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and of course, I mean, we don't want to just talk. Like there are positives to say about Bergman, so we'll, we'll touch a little bit on what kind of legacy uh, we think he's going to leave uh, as, as, as a nine-year GM for the Canadians. So, uh, so, um, and also, forgot to mention, we got, some, we got some questions from Twitter today. That's when you know, that's when you know that Habs fans are excited because we got questions on Twitter, which we haven't been getting a lot lately because, honestly, I don't think people are watching the game. So we're going to cover those, as always, at the Habs Forum on Twitter so, I mean, let's just get started. What was your initial reaction when you saw the move, like, that it finally happened? Like, first, were you surprised that it happened when it did? Did you think it was going to last till the end of the year? Uh, you know, I mean, well, definitely a surprise. Like, it, it basically came out of nowhere, right? I mean, yeah. you know, there was no sort of real grumblings or anything like that. So, I Well, mean, there was the day before Scott Mellaby quitting, like, in the middle of the game, like he's Mike Camilleri. <laughs> I mean... That was kind of maybe oh things are happening. That that was yeah. a bit of a clue. Yeah, well, that, no, that's that's definitely a good point. But it, like it, it all just happened so fast, right? Like like you know there there's no sort of grumblings before that, and all of all of a sudden Melon B left, and then like you know there's there's some talk about Steve about uh, uh, about uh, about Gorton, um, and then I mean the next day basically not even 24 hours later you know basically basically they clean house completely. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so definitely like a pretty big surprise, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we all knew that Marc Bergevin was on the last year of his contract, the, and especially with the way that the season was going, um, you know, I, I'm not too, not really convinced that Mark Bergevin even wanted to be back. No, exactly. Um, you know, maybe they were, they were trying to work on a deal and, you know, he, it was clear that obviously it wasn't going to happen. And especially the way the season is going right now, they, unless there's a miracle turnaround, they're obviously going to be sellers at the deadline. And exactly. you can't just have a lame, lame duck GM at that point. Especially you know? with Bergeron a few days before the, this happened, he, he had some quotes about how it goes against everything he believes in to make moves for losing, right? He, he'll never make moves, like the whole idea of tanking and all that, he's completely against that idea. And to make trades with the idea of losing more games goes against everything he he, he believes in all that. And it's like, I get that you have to say that. You're not going to say you're trying to lose. But with the way the season's going, I mean, if the, if this team was a fringe team, maybe making the playoffs, maybe not. If it, like, if it just wasn't nearly as bad as it is, I could see potentially having Bergevin like make it through his contract, but with the way it's going right now, and it's becoming more and more clear that we need to start making moves during the season that are for the future of this team. 
if you know or have kind of if you know if you're Jeff Molson and one you know that either you're not going to bring him back or two you know that Bergeron doesn't seem like he wants to come back then it just doesn't make sense to keep him around like you you got to get rid of him and and more even importantly than than the GM I mean it's maybe not more importantly but people kept talking about letting go of Trevor Timmons for a long time and that's something like the upcoming draft assuming the Canadians have a big pick the last thing I would want is for the head of scouting to be replaced or fired, what, like a week before the draft, you know, if you do it at the end of the year. So, I mean, that that's one that I wanted it to be done. If it's going to happen, I want it to be done as soon as possible. And I hope to find a, a good replacement quickly because, I mean, this upcoming draft is extremely important and you, you don't want any decisions to be rushed, right? Like already that scouting has been a little weird in the last couple of years because of COVID. I mean, th- these changes with their season that we're having right now, in Montreal, like they, they needed to happen sooner rather than later. Like I, I'm very happy that they were done when they were, because it's it's time to get the new blood in and have them kind of reassess and you know be ready for come come trade deadline. We'll probably already have people in place for a little bit and all that, and they'll be able to make more educated moves. You know. No, exactly. Um, you know, again, you you can't have that lame duck GM making these big future altering decisions when you absolutely know he's not going to be around anymore. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, I feel like ever since the Habs got eliminated, you know, the whole off season and this season so far, it's been like there doesn't really seem to be much of a plan. It just seems like a shit show since then. Like, you know, even like the beginning of the off season obviously started with Logan Mayu being drafted in the first round. Yeah. And you had like, you know, Carey Price being unprotected in the draft, which obviously worked out in the end. But, uh, you know, it, it just seemed like one weird decision after another. And I mean, some of the free agent signings have been questionable. So at the end of the day, I mean, they had to move in a new direction. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's going to be a big rest of the season going into the trade deadline. And and it's probably going to be a huge draft for the Canadians again. They they have to finally get it right when they have a topic. No. Oh, get it right. Interesting that you would use that word. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. And like the, the, the thing, too, with Bergevin is that. One thing that we can't take away from him is uh, he was extremely passionate about this team. He he definitely at all times gave it his all. I mean, one thing's for sure. He was one of the more entertaining GMs. Like if you go on Twitter or on various like hockey message boards that are not just focused on the haves that just have fans from all around the league. I noticed a lot of, a lot of fans were disappointed, not because they thought Mergeman was, was a, they just thought he was entertaining, which he definitely was as far as recognizable, like faces of GMs and big moves and, and just kind of like the personality in the press box and all that. He's very entertaining. You can't ever take away his passion. But I think over the years, too, with the core that he's built with this team, the guys like Gallagher, the guys like Price, you know, Shea Weber, who obviously is uh, uh, pretty much uh, out at this point, he's clearly extremely attached to these players. I mean, we saw it when... The I believe it was at, uh, when the, the Canadians qualified for the final. That was a classic picture of Bergeron hugging hugging Price. The, the, there's a connection there that I don't think he would have been able to start again and to clean house and make the tough moves. So and the, the, and if we really want to fo- like, and I think you agree with me that, and we've been talking about it, the focus has to be on the kids. Moves have to be made to kind of kind of clean out a bit of the veterans and. And kind of start anew, like through Nick Suzuki and Romanov and players like that. And I just don't think a guy like Bergman was ready to make those moves because he's so attached to these players. So having a guy like one Jeff Gorton and 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 two whoever the next GM is going to be 
who don't have this attachment, right? Like this is not a, a Dominique Duchamp situation where we're just going to hire the assistant coach or like the, the assistant GM to, to come in to replace. We're getting completely new blood, which kind of explains to me the whole idea. Like the Scott Mellaby thing is in a sense a little unfortunate because it sounds like he was told he was next in line. And then I think – Jeff Molson realized, no, we need new blood, which which I'm glad is what happens. Like nothing against Mellenby, but I don't don't think what this team needed is the person that was second in command to come in and take. You know what I mean? Like we needed completely yeah. new blood, and that and that's what we're we're gonna get. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, it, obviously, what what they were doing together as a front office clearly wasn't working. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, someone brought this up that the last time Molson just went along with what the predecessor wanted was when Bob Ganey, um, suggested and, and, uh, you know, that, that Pierre Gauthier get the job after him. And we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure, you know, Jeff That's Molson learned his lesson from that. Um, so no, I, I mean, I definitely think it's a good thing. Um, I think right now the Habs are in very good hands with, uh, with Jeff Gordon, obviously, uh, you know, he, he's been in this position before he's been in an, in a, in a significant role in the NHL, I think for, for 27 years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, for sure. But before we move to Jeff Gordon, I want to talk a little bit more about, about Bergman though, because I want to talk about like, what, what do you see his legacy as? Because at the end of the day, like, I like sure he didn't win a cup. And I know a lot of people, especially the older generation that grew up like seeing multiple cups and the Canadians are the, the most cups ever and all that. It's like, it's like cup or bus a lot of times for them, but like for people our age, you know, like we're we're in, we're in our mid thirties at this point. We don't necessarily really remember '93 and all this. It's not like there's been that much success for the Montreal Canadiens in that time. Bergevin's tenure included, I mean, the cup run that that just happened, some com- conference finals, some 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 great seasons where they 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 finish really high up in the standings and all. That. Like overall, I mean, it might be sad to say, but this is one of the strongest GM tenures in our lifetime, uh, arguably. I mean, was there a better GM in the, like, since, like, they won the cup than this Bergevin era? Like, I don't know if there was. No, I mean, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I think he really, he, he did a very solid job. Um, you know, I, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, only one team out of 32 now can win a Stanley exactly. Cup. And, exactly. And, you know, uh, I mean, we had, that definitely was going to be a lot of good memories, um, you know, especially, obviously, the cup run that we just had. But, uh, but you know, I mean, they made, uh, I believe, two other Eastern Conference finals before that. Um you know, it and and obviously you talked about it a little bit earlier. That just like the passion that he had for the team, um, yeah. always seemed to be, you know, a fun guy. He, he had a lot of fun with the media. Uh, but having said that, I mean, you, you could kind of see the last. Yeah, it wasn't there anymore. Year, two years, yeah. like it got just. Him, yeah. yeah, like it got to him. He seemed a little beat down. I think um, so, this is the best for him. Know, I, I yeah, think for his absolutely. personal mental health. And I'm sure he'll find another another job if he wants to. Like he'll he'll work again in the NHL, absolutely. And I think being somewhere that's a little less stressful because it's not just the media. I think also being from the Quebec, obviously having that same attachment as as everyone who's from Quebec has to the Montreal Canadiens that adds a certain amount of pressure to him. So I I think it's the best for him. But I mean I think I think where we really need to to look at, at, at the Bergman and Timmons t- tenure as, as where there was an issue. And Jeff Molson talked about it in his press conference, even though he talked about great things to say about both of them, player development just was not there in, in, in that time. I mean, 
who really did the Canadians develop? If I if I if I'm not mistaken, there is no 70 point players that were drafted by Timmins, right? Like he's like the only person in the last like nine years to not draft. And of course, it's easy to talk about the draft in hindsight and all that. But at some point, when you have a large sample size, that that really seemed to be the issue. Like Bergman had some big swings for trades, won some, lost one, but overall, I think was really good at trading. Struggled signing agents, but I don't think that was his fault. I think that's the reality of the Montreal kind of, you know, people don't want to sign here. But player development, I definitely think that's a big negative for him. Oh, that's absolutely. I mean, you know, that's like you said, I mean, that's that's definitely been that the 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 issue with the haves over the last decade. I mean, you know, they, they had a couple of strong drafts, but I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's definitely been lacking, you know, especially when you take a look at now, now we all know the Canadians for the most part have drafted, you know, especially in the first round in the second half. Yeah. So, you know, the, or middle. They, kind of, yeah. yeah. Or, or the middle. Um, and, you know, they, they've obviously had those two third overall picks in Galchenyuk and Kukiniemi. Say what you want about them. I mean, Galchenyuk is this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the second leading scorer of that draft, which yeah, says you can't a lot say about anything, draft. anything about the Galchenyuk pick because the Galchenyuk pick, is a sh- is a crappy draft. Like there's yeah. only so much you can do. But I think the Kutkiniemi draft, and like I do think time will tell how that'll turn out. I mean, at this point, he's been lost, anyways. But I mean, it, there's still time for it to change. But I do think that that played a large part in this, especially in Timmins being let go because Jeff Molson mentioned when you have those big picks, it's important that you kind of knock him out of the park. And I think someone like Jeff Molson sees how Kachuk is doing in Ottawa sees what happened with Kakanyemi in Montreal. I think that played a big part in this in this decision. Yeah, absolutely. And and they know that, you know, chances are we're gonna get a very high pick again this year. And, yeah. Sure. And you know, they they gotta make it count, especially this draft in really the top ten picks is extremely talented. So they're they're gonna get a really solid player and they absolutely don't want to miss. Um, you know, I mean I think part of it's drafting uh, obviously I mean you know we've had a lot a lot of Bus, let's be honest, and we haven't, you know, really. It's been a lot of safer picks. They they haven't or really drafting gone for, any for need. Runs. So much drafting, like guys like Michael McCarron, yeah. or or drafting Louis LeBlanc in Montreal. Like say what you will, but like it's hard not to think that that wasn't because he was French Canadian. And like there are a lot of these types of picks that. And and the thing is, and you you look at players that were picked shortly after because that's how you kind of have to, to to look at it, right? Like the reason why the Galchenyuk trade, I think we uh, draft, we both agree you can't really criticize it too much is because if you look at the like five picks after, 10 picks after, it's not like they, were, they, they missed out on any great players, but there's so many other situations where three, four, five picks later, a great player came out that could have been uh, for, for the Montreal Canadiens, right? So, uh, as I, I'm happy about uh, the, the change for Bergeron, as as much I don't have that much criticism to say about him, I'm almost just as happy if uh, like I'm Timmins leaving. I think is is far overdue at this point. Um, it's just you just look at his track record and it just a change a change needed to happen there. It, it really did. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, he he's drafted you know a decent amount of of guys that have played in the NHL, but I mean, most of the most of those guys have been bottom six guys, bottom yeah. pairing guys, backup goalies. So you know, he he hasn't been able to hit any of those home runs in the first round or really in the later rounds either. I mean, really Gallagher is sort of the only guy that really comes to mind. Um, you know, I mean, some of the other guys like Primo. You know, we'll see how that turns out. You know, even even guys where where they've hit later in the rounds like Jake Evans and that. I mean, it's 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 been you know. Lit, yeah. Again, like, hopefully, in, right? in three, four, five years' time, we'll talk about the 
whoever the new GM is, and and we'll be we'll be saying that well he has a lot of you know he has he has all the thanks he has to send to to both Timmons and Bergeron because he set them up for success, right? If if the if the more recent picks turn out because that we don't know that's the thing. Anytime a GM or a scout gets fired, you don't really know how well he did in the last two three years when it comes to the draft, right? Because it takes time for that to 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 develop. So 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 time will tell there, but. Like we keep saying, I, th- I think a change in, uh, in in kind of the, just the whole thing had to happen. And I feel this feels like one of the biggest changes in a long time. And and and, and now we can talk about like Jeff Gordon getting hired, which I, I love, the first of all, the idea of having – I forget exactly what they named him, but he, he – what is he, VP of, of player uh, – Yeah, of hockey operations. Hockey operations, yeah, which has become a very, very popular kind of – way of of going about things now in the NHL and especially in a market like Montreal it's absolutely the move and honestly this was a great way of of kind of circumventing the whole needing a french speaker because let's be honest he, he's going to have a lot of say in whatever moves are made he was probably the the best available candidate as far as you know experienced gms and all that but he didn't speak French, so now we have him, and then they're going to go get a GM that speaks. I, I think that that's the best the best case scenario, honestly, for the team because there are. I don't disagree that there's plenty of great French speaking people that can come in and kind of be the GM or, or like I'm not that upset about that personally. I understand the reality of it, but there's no denying. And when we're going to talk about the names that are being discussed as the potential French GM, it's a lot of people with very little experience. So having someone with Jeff Gordon who has so much experience in the role, it, I, I makes me so much more kind of I, it makes me feel so much better about about the future of this team. No, absolutely. I mean, you'd have to think that he's probably the the most qualified person, really the best person that the Canadians could have in that position yeah. right now. Um, you know, it, it is what it is about the about the French language. I mean, you know, I. I I think at the end of the day, the, the Canadians do have to have a French GM, um, you know, so that they can interact with the and, and same thing goes for the coach. Um, whether you like it or not, that's that's sort of the reality of it. But uh, this is definitely a, a good way to sort of get around that. Um, but again, like you said, I mean, a lot of the big markets in the NHL have already done this. It, and yeah. it's really just the Canadians that have sort of sort of been lagging behind in this. Um, so I think it's I think it's great. You know, I mean, it's it's it's. It's a lot of work. I mean, especially now, the basically this the GM's also going to have to be the GM for the Rocket. Um, all you know, the, and basically this, I mean, they have the Lions as well. So I mean, they're basically running three te- three teams at the same time. So it's 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 a massive job, and and I mean, you know, Jeff Gordon obviously has a lot of experience, and they'll be able to bring in, you know, like you said, I mean, a lot of the the top candidates here outside of maybe Martin Madden don't really have any experience, well, very little experience, and Sure, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jeff Gordon's going to get a lot of say in it. You know, a lot of people, especially in the French media, have been saying basically, you know, they're whoever they hire as the French GM is just going to be the puppet. But another way that you could look at this is that Jeff Gordon's going to could be a huge mentor for the next exactly. upcoming French GM. Exactly. That, that's exactly how I feel about it, because yeah. it, it's here's the thing. Even I think Madden, like he he has experience, but not as a GM. Like my, like Jeff Gordon was GM of the New York Rangers for for what was it, like seven years or so, even even longer than that, like for a very, very long time. So he has actual GM experience. He he has 
experience from 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 before that and he, he has more experience than Bergman had when he started with the Montreal Canadiens right as the GM as far as is in this specific role now it's always hard to kind of judge the because the, if you look at the New York Rangers right now they they're set up for success in the future so it, it's very interesting because he kind of built the team as it is right now uh, it's it's interesting that he was let go. I don't know exactly what the the reasons were, were there, but I mean they look like a team that's set up for the future. People have talked a bit about his time in Boston too. I think people need to calm down a little bit with that because I mean he was interim GM for a few months and like people love talking about the fact that he drafted Phil Kessel, Lucic, and Brad Marchand, but like he drafted them as interim GM and he had just been interim GM for a short amount of time. Like I don't think he's necessarily the one who made those moves as much as whoever was already there kind of like scouting and all that. But I'm more interested in what he did in New York than what happened in Boston. And I like the way the Rangers look right now, right? Like they're, they're developed, they're developing a team that's looking good for, for years to come. And if you can do the same kind of thing in Montreal, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm very excited for, and he wasn't scared to rebuild like the, those, that, that scary word that never gets used in Montreal. He wasn't scared to do it at all. No, exactly. I mean, and, you know, when he, his time with the Rangers, I mean, he came out and, well, I mean, basically they, the Rangers came out and said, it. you know, they were basically rebuilding. We're going to suck, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, they, they, they just went with it and, you know, the, the market accepted it. And obviously it's, it's for the most part, it's turned out pretty good for them. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if the Canadians are going to be doing that exact same level of, uh, of sort of, you know, rebuild, but, uh, but I mean, obviously there's a lot of pieces that need to need to be moved, need to be added. Um, a lot of changes need to happen. And yeah, you know, I mean, he was a big part of that Rangers team, but I mean, he was, I mean, yes, he was the interim GM when they drafted Lucic and Kessel and, and Marchand, but um, I mean, he was, he was with the organization before. So I'm sure he ha- he had a big For hand sure. in, in that draft as well. And uh, the reason that he was apparently let go from the Rangers was it was, I forget exactly who it was, but Tom Wilson injured somebody. And, uh, and the, the, the owner of the Rangers went like on a tirade against Jeff, Jeff Paros, uh, or whoever the guy was at that point. And, oh, right, and right. the league and basically, um, Jeff Gordon and, uh, and John Davidson didn't really say anything about it. They didn't really add on and they didn't seem to be on the owner's side. And and they got fired like a few days later, so that's it wasn't true. necessarily I, merit. I completely forgot that that's how that happened. That's that that's 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 very true. So I mean that that just speaks more even to the fact that you know this is a very very talented GM that was just available, and the fact that Jeff Molson found a way to bring him to the Montreal Canadiens without kind of upsetting the, the the French media, you know, as long as he hires a, a French GM soon, I, I, I think was brilliant. I think, I think it's, it's really, this was really the best case scenario for the Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the French media, of course, is still upset <laughs> finding any reason to be upset, but they always will. So I, w- once a French GM is named, I think, I think they'll calm down. I mean, there, there's a certain potential candidate that's not helping right now, but by uh, by stoking the the the, the media fire, uh, but uh, but before we get to the potential, uh, well, first of all, what I'm kind of curious is if if you were Jeff Gordon and just got hired, or if you were the GM is going to get hired, at what like how much of a like quote unquote rebuild would you want to do? Like, uh, are you kind of just because like for before I didn't even want to talk about trading a guy like for example Carey Price because I don't think Bergevin would ever have traded Carey Price if I'm being honest. 
No. Now I, the the new guy is not going to have the same attachment to him, right? Uh, now whether or not it'd be easy to trade him with his contract, probably have to kind of hold salary and all that. But like that, then you're talking about you know really truly like it's it's a new it's a rebuild like we're starting a new if, if we're moving away from price for, as an example like is that is that the direction you would go or are you thinking more retool and use the pieces we already have but kind of just try to build around them now uh, you know what I, i'm i'm pretty sick of just being stuck in this middle ground that we seem to have been stuck in for since basically 1993 yeah um you know so let let's just commit let's you know i mean there's a lot of older guys on this team that that Clearly, you're not going to win a cup with the Canadians at this point. The Canadians aren't going to turn this around in in two, three years, I don't think. They're not going to be yep. a contender in two to three years. Um, so, you know, some I, I'll keep some of the guys like, you know, that are like 25, 26, guys like Dwayne Anderson. Uh, so I think they can still be valuable. But a guy like Harry I mean, Price. Dwayne only has a couple of years left until he's a UFA, right? So I, I, yeah, I, I would but, not be surprised if he gets moved. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. But he he wouldn't be one of the first guys that I'm moving. That's for sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, now, you know, you Anderson, Anderson to me is one I'm definitely keeping. Definitely. Uh, he's someone I definitely want to hold on to. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that, that could be moved. I mean, like at the same time, you don't want to end up like some of those oiler teams from from like a decade a decade ago where they only had young guys and they didn't have any veteran presence and and that's Absolutely. that's sort of a recipe for disaster as well so you do have to keep some of those veteran guys um but you know guys that you can get a decent return for like a carry price and you know and i'm sure a lot of fans aren't going to be happy that, that we say this but gallagher you know i I'd, I'd, I'd be open to moving him too now, people talk about how Price's contract is unmovable. I don't necessarily agree. I think especially with the performance he had in the playoffs last year, uh, I think if you retain a little bit of salary, because realistically not many com- contending teams could take on $10 million, I think there's a few teams, uh, teams like Colorado, a uh, team like Edmonton, that, that could be interested in uh, in Carey Price. Gallagher, though, I don't disagree that it w- would would be made potentially a smart move to, to move on from Gallagher. I that's going to be a real tough contract to get rid of. Yeah. It, I mean, it probably would be, um, you know, especially with, I think he's got like five, if not even six years left. So yeah. that, yeah, five years, I think. So yeah, it, it would be a tough one, but uh, yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, it'd be, it, it would probably be more of a contending team that's looking to get him. And, and, and obviously not too many contending teams could, could add that much money, but you know, if, if the right deal were to come, I mean, I, I think it's possible to, to, to potentially. It's, it's possible. It's po- And he might be the type of guy, because you never know how, how GMs look at players. He might be the type of guy that, like, you look at, uh, what's his name, that, that was with Toronto that signed in Edmonton this offseason. Yeah, Zach um, Hyman. Yeah, Zach Hyman. Yeah, that, the, the, for a guy like Zach Hyman to get a contract like that, like, not that they played exactly the same way, but the, a guy like Gallagher, if you put him on a line with a really, really good skilled player he can be that kind of complimentary guy that can finish and all that so and we, we've seen over the years like we know we know that gallagher you can put him on any line and he'll give you everything he's got and he's a super valuable asset to your team like we've seen it over the years when the, the canadians weren't as bad as they are this year where one injury doesn't make a difference but in the past we've had many seasons where if gallagher's out you, that's where you can see there's a huge drop in the performance of the team i just know what don't know if other kind of teams see it the way we do um, but I would be so sad to see Gallagher go. I, I wouldn't be upset if he's one of the veterans that we do hold on to, just as you mentioned, just to have some veterans to hold on to. Um, 
But if we can get yeah. a return for him, potentially, too. I don't know, it's hard to say, but I'm definitely more on the full rebuild kind of uh, idea of it. It, it. it might be tough, though, because a lot of the contracts aren't expiring contracts, right? Like, if you if you look at the top, like, you have Gallagher, like you said, he has, like, five, six years left. Dwayne's got two years left. Then got Anderson's got a lot of time left. Dvorak, you got four years left or three years after this year. I mean, Toffoli, and the thing is, you just signed Toffoli, right? Like, does it look great trading? I guess the fact that it's a new GM helps with that. You know, it doesn't hurt his reputation. Armia just got re-signed. And then you look on defense. Are you moving on from Jeff Petrie? He's having an atrocious season, uh, and he's on the wrong side of 30, and he's getting paid 6.2. You've got to think he'd still be able to get some assets for him, like some solid, solid return. But you kind of hope he turns it around a little bit before uh, you move in. The obvious ones are obvious. Like Ben Sherratt for sure is getting moved. I was actually getting worried because there were some rumors that Bergeron was going to re-sign Ben Sherratt. This change is making me, at least this, I'm, I'm reassured now that we're not going to re-sign Ben Sherratt. Like, there's no way. Oh, that that would have been a disaster. Because, you know, from from what from what we're hearing is is Ben Sherratt, you know, whoever's going to trade for Ben Sherratt, it looks like the Habs could get a first-round pick. So they definitely yeah. have to make that move. There, I will drive no him to wherever he gets traded to myself. Like, Absolutely. For, <laughs> even if it's the 30th or 32nd overall pick, for a first round pick, love it. Let's do it. Let's, let's talk twice oh, on, sure. on on the first day. Yeah. So I mean, I I really hope they they embrace the full uh, the full rebuild. I mean, I'll, we'll see how how it goes. Because the the one thing, if if you watch the the, the thing with Jeff Molson is that you really want someone in his position to not really have anything to do with the hockey decisions, right? Sometimes yeah, I get he, the feeling that he has a bit more involvement than he needs to have. And in the press conference, he was kind of insinuating that the team that we have is better than what we're seeing on the ice, and and he's saying things like that. And I, that that type of wording kind of worries me. Like, is he expecting already next year to be better? Like, no, this team just needs to be to suck for a couple of years, you know, and, and and let the kids develop, you know. Yeah, that's one weird thing that I found on Twitter was there was a lot of people on Twitter, like Habs fans, saying that, uh, oh, why are we hearing from Jeff Jeff Molson? Oh, we don't hear from him. Like, I don't want to hear from the owner. I couldn't care less what the hell the owner has to say. I just I only want to hear from him when he fires the GM, like we did now. That's fine. And his press conference was good. But I, I don't want him to be involved in – I don't want him to be in Jeff Gordon's ear, you know? Like, if Jeff Gordon wants to make a move, I don't want him to have to go through Jeff Molson, like – I don't care what Jeff Molson's opinion is on the move. I care on on the the the, the GM who has a lot of experience, you know. So. Yeah, and I mean that's probably a good a good thing with Jeff Gordon being there. He obviously has a ridiculous amount of experience, and I don't think Jeff Gordon he's not an inexperienced guy that's going to exactly. be influenced by Molson. Um, so yeah, Je- Jeff Gordon's going to do his own thing. He's going to you know what do what he thinks is best for the Habs. And Jeff Molson can, you know, he he can go on a trip to Mexico and we don't have to hear from him again. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, before we move on from Jeff Gordon, I think you have a few Twitter questions about him, too. Uh, yep. So uh, a couple of questions here. Uh, so the first question that we got is from John uh, from the Flailing Hands podcast. So at the Eagle Dares. Uh, do you guys think Jeff Gordon will run the show or do you believe Molson when he says it's uh, it'll be a two person operation? Um, so yeah, I mean, well, so I, I mean, I guess we've kind of already touched on this. I mean, I definitely think it's going to be a two man operation. I mean, Jeff Gordon's going to be, I think he's going to have the final say. 
Um, but again, you know, I, th- I think it's a two person job and, and at the end, of, at the end of the day, I mean, I think they're probably going to end up having to go with an inexperienced guy. Probably. Anyway, we'll net, we'll talk about some of the candidates after, but I think it's a great opportunity for them to hopefully groom a new G well, a GM and, and hopefully have this, this longstanding two person operation yeah. here going on for, for the long term. Yeah. That's basically exactly how I feel about it. It's hard to say until we know who the GM is. But assuming the GM that gets hired is someone that has little to no experience as an NHL GM, especially in the first few years, you would think that it's not as much a two-person operation. It's it's primarily a Jeff Gordon operation as he's kind of, like you said, like grooming this new GM uh, into into kind of being a, a professional on the NHL level and helping him like kind of gain that experience. I think – Early on, maybe it's more the decisions are coming from Jeff, and I could see it kind of over time as the, the whoever the GM is gains more experience and all that. Maybe Jeff Gordon starts taking a bit more of a of a you know, it lets him do do his do his thing a little bit more you know in in time. So I, I think that's the kind of the situation we're we're seeing we're gonna see here. You you'd think Jeff Gordon is gonna hire someone that he knows he can work well with, you know. Yeah. If if they were to hire someone with more experience, I can't really think of anyone that really really has that much experience. That then maybe I would think it would really maybe the GM would have more say and all that. I do think at first it's going to be much more run by Jeff Gordon, but over time it's going to be a true two person like situation. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So it it is going to be that two person job. I mean, like again, like we said, I mean a lot of markets already do, especially the bigger markets in the NHL yeah. already do this. Um, so yeah, I mean I think. It's it's going to be good, uh, you know, and then like you said, I mean, it, it'll probably be gra- gradual. It's going to be, you know, sort of a sort of a mentoring thing here, long term thing. And yeah, I mean, that it, I I really think that it's it's something to really really be excited about for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. It actually feels like there's going to be true tr- true change right. in uh, in this organization. Maybe we're going to get a puck moving defenseman. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you have a few more Twitter questions there. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, one Twitter question here from the, so this is from Josh at Habs Fan Probs on Twitter. Uh, with Gorton coming in, how long does Duchamp realistically have left? Uh, and then we had a comment sort of attached to that, uh, say from Etienne Farlin at Etienne, Etienne Farlin. At, uh, I think the coaching staff will finish the season, but I would be surprised if they came back next season. Now, I definitely agreed with Etienne at the beginning. I always thought this was sort of going to be the case where, you know, the coaching staff, almost regardless of how badly this season continues to go, that they're going to be there regardless of what happens until the next, uh, until the rest of the season. And then, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the season, Gorton and whoever the GM is at that point is going to hire their own guy. Um, However, I I feel like Duchamp since Gorton has come on, is just going like I feel like he's going rogue. None of the prospects are play, like basically the, oh. the 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 three least played guys in the last that game. That drives me insane. Hoffield, Paling, and and Norlander. Um, one of the comments that he made in the interview afterwards. Now, of course, they lost again. They they played pretty bad against the Canucks. Um, and one of the comments that he made was, um, I don't have the direct quote here, but something to the effect that I've been coaching like this for 28 years. I'm not going to yeah. change now. You know, I I didn't play in the NHL, so I had to make my way up, and I'm not I'm not going to change the way I th- I do things now. That to me, 
is is a massive red flag that you know he absolutely he knows and, you know he knows he's not going to be here for much longer and he's just going to yeah. do things his way and interestingly enough I, I i was on i was on twitter like going through a little bit uh, during the the game against vancouver with the whole people were starting to freak out about the the, the ice time that the kids were getting getting and and the first twitter question we got actually from john at the eagle dares he he kept talking about that too about he's not a big fan of uh, of Zusham. go listen to the podcast it's pretty obvious uh but and it's just it's just mind-numbing a day after he made this point a day after we we get the press conference from Jeff Molson saying player development was the biggest problem with the organization in the last 10 years. You have a game where all the kids and like they were playing like it's like Paling had, had, had a goal too. It, it was a nice kind of driving the net thing and all and then they don't play the kids the day after. It's like. Are you doing this on purpose? Like, are you upset that your buddy got fired? Like, I, 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 I don't know. And it just really think it seems like the the, the fans don't care. Uh, I mean, not the fans, the players don't care what Dusham has to say. And I, I truly believe that, like, this the the magical run we just got, uh, cup run they just had. I think it was a hundred percent the team fighting. Like, did you see the clip of Shea Weber showing up while they were doing the whole like pregame warm up, playing the, like with the sock ball and all that? The guys are so excited to see him. Like they, 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 it was just, just like great, great. Like, like it's like their older brother is. It came to visit them. You know, like it's, it's really the vibe I got. They were fighting for Shea Weber because they knew, in the room, they knew his career was pretty much over. Like, and that he was giving it everything he had left in the tank for this run. Like they see him like going to see the doctor all the time. They see that he's in pain, all the stuff that we don't see. And that's what they were fighting for. And that's what like they, they, they use to make it to the cup final. Dushan had nothing to do with the cup run. Like, I think I could have been coach and they could have made it to the final. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we saw it in the regular season. He, the team was nothing special, he, you know, nothing. He seemed to really do. I mean, they, they, I, did they even win two games in a row last season in the regular season? I don't think so. Um, so yeah, I mean, he obviously his his record at least in the regular season has been awful so far. Um, so yeah, there's there's really not too many positives to take away from what Duchamp has done since his tenure began, uh, you know, halfway through last or not even halfway through last season. Um, so yeah, t- you know, uh, he's definitely going to be, be be gone by the end of the year. But you know, the way that he almost seems to be sabotaging himself kind of like John Tortorella last year, you know, makes me wonder how long is Jeff Gordon actually going to put up? Yeah. I mean, I see your point because like, part of me is like, I want to lose. Let's keep Deshaun. But part of me is also like, well, I want to lose while playing the kids though. Like I I don't love seeing Paling and, and, and Caulfield and Romanov like riding the bench. But then, you know, maybe just the GM needs to start trading away these veterans that he insists on playing over them, you know? <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know, though. Like, twist his arm. He doesn't have a choice. But, it, yeah. yeah then, like, uh, then you're going to have Alex, Alex Belzil on the first line, so. Yeah, it's true. But then, <laughs> God. But do, <laughs> do you, if, if you do let him go, do you just put him an interim head coach? Because the, the thing is, for me is that I kind of. I don't want to like. First of all, the focus right now is changing the GM. Like they're not going to change the coach until the GM is found, and then and then there's the whole you know scouting department and everything like that. And then on top of it, you're going to change the coach. I mean, in the middle of the season, aren't you better off just kind of waiting on that? I think Dushan lasts at least a couple more like months. 
But yeah, he's not long for the like like for in general when a GM change happens, you always hear about like the the coach like I, I don't know what like the average is or whatever, but I feel like a coach rarely makes it through the next season and you always hear the the pundits being like, "Well, he's not the one that hired him," you know? So like it, it's almost like a free firing like where it's expected that a new GM is going to is going to hire a new coach. So I I definitely don't think he's going to be there for for much longer, but eh, I kind of I kind of hope he can he can stop being an idiot, play the kids, and play the be there for the rest of the year at least. Yeah, no, I I agree because it, it, I mean it like you said, I mean who who would actually fill in? I mean, like you know you you gotta you gotta hire the GM first, and then they can figure out who they want as the coach and that. Um, so yeah, it, I mean it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but I mean hopefully Duchamp can get his head out of his ass here, and and you know he can start playing the kids properly and and start building you know towards the future and. Yeah, Jeff yeah, just needs to bring him in a room and tell and make him believe that he'll 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 not fire him if he plays the kids, even if it's not true. And, then, <laughs> and so then maybe he'll 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 play the kids. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I just I definitely don't think he's going to be around for a very long time. I like like we talked about it. Like I don't even know if he gets a contract if it's not for like if he loses to the Leafs in the first round, he probably doesn't get that contract. No, and then no, like I definitely don't think so. I mean he he has so much. He owes so much. To all those players that that fought to to come back in that game and then brought like carried him to the to the final because they got him a contract that he didn't deserve essentially. No, he's been yeah. such a disappointing disappointment, honestly. Like everything I'd heard about him and all that, he he's just a worse Claude Julien. Yes, worse. Like the, the team would really be doing is. much better with Claude Julien. Yeah, no, it's it's really disappointing. Well, let's let maybe they'll bring back Claude Julien for a third time. So that see that's something that like who's who's the next coach you know that's the thing you know I don't I don't want another guy coming back for anyways we'll we'll see what happens with that but uh, anyways let's uh, we're 45 minutes in we haven't talked about the potential candidates to replace Bree so we got to get into that so the one that seems to be getting the, the the all the reports being like saying that he's at the top of the list is Daniel Daniel Briard which which is funny because. When he was in the NHL, I swear there were rumors about him going to Montreal forever. And then he he did play a little bit towards the end, but it was really not any nothing special. He does have a connection with Jeff Gorton a little bit because he he he's the GM of the ECHL team for the Rangers, if I'm not mistaken. But aside from that, I mean, he he of uh, as much as the candidates that, that that are available for talking about French candidates, there's not a lot of experience. He's the one with the least amount of experience, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it it definitely makes sense again from that perspective where he he's he he's worked under um, Jeff Gordon before. Again, like you mentioned, he was the GM of the ECHL team, the Maine Mariners when they were the ACHL team of the Rangers. Um, so so there's obviously that familiarity there. So I'm I'm not sure if that's the whole reason why the connection is being made, but but yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I mean, that's not exactly the experience that you want to see i would think i mean typically you'd like to hire someone that it was at least an assistant gm yeah. uh, for an nhl team um but again i mean like like we said before it's it's going to be probably sort of a mentee role that it's at least at the see, beginning see, see, that's the thing if if, if Briar is the guy and gets hired that tells me that jeff gordon is the gm of the montreal canadians for the next couple of years yeah. that, that that's that tells me that he brought in someone that he knows 
that he knows he can mentor that he like he has a relationship with and he understands that he's kind of he's he's the boss for the first few years but Briar is the one that's kind of be going to be the mouthpiece they, they, that's kind of what I was talking about before that while the with the other two candidates uh, at least have experience you know at the NHL level you know or even as an assistant GM or, or, or whatever and that makes a lot more sense to me unless Jeff Gordon really just wants someone he wants to be the GM and he wants someone to kind of be the voice and he trains into eventually being a, a more prevalent prevalent like person in, in the office you know it, if it's Briar, it's to me it's Jeff Gordon's team yeah uh, yeah I definitely agree with that I mean obviously he doesn't have a whole lot of experience but yeah, I mean, it, you, it, seemingly the only reason for for him potentially being hired would be that connection, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the next the next sort of guy that's that's mentioned often is Matsu Dash, who is the assistant GM with the two time Stanley Cup champions, the the Lightning. Um, so that one probably makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think he has any sort of connection with Gorton. Um, you know, not again, not a whole lot of experience, just the assistant GM for two years. But when you're the uh, assistant GM for the, the most successful team, it tends to the, the, those the, a team like Tampa Bay that does so well, it tends to accelerate the progress of people in that office, you know? Yeah, that that's, that's definitely fair. Um, you know, so he does have some experience in the, in, uh, in the league, um, you know, presumably has some contacts as well. He's a former NHL player, a former Montreal Canadian as well. Um, so it, it, and and you know he was kind of a fan favorite I guess when he played with the Habs so I mean, you gotta that, give it to him he, he his story yeah. was great right like he fought oh, yeah. hard to to kind of get some some playing time in the NHL and he made it there and he had some some good years like his he had a 12 goal 14 assists 26 points 15 in 59 games in the second to last game as the Canadians like I, re- I remember I I remember liking Metzger Dash not that his play on the ice has anything to do with his work as a GM you know. <laughs> But you know, I, 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 he had the work ethic. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that much, you know. And the Tampa Bay connection, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that either, you know. He, I'll, I, if he learns even a few things from, uh, from, from that team in Tampa Bay in those two years, he, he could, and he can bring that to Montreal. I'll be very happy. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I, I think that that Matsu Dash probably makes a decent amount of sense. I mean, you know, just because he has that extra little bit of experience. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think I think that that could be a possible option. Now, the and other it, one, which yeah. I think is very interesting, is Martin Madden Jr. Yeah, is he, you look at his drafting record over the last like few years, and it's very very impressive. I mean, abs- absolutely. I mean, he he's definitely the most qualified guy. Um, yeah. I think he would be the best the best option if the Canadians could hire any of them. I would definitely choose Martin Madden. He's, he's definitely the one that has the most experience. Um, obviously, an amazing track record of drafting with the uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, having said that, I mean, he's he's definitely a can- he's going to be a candidate for any GM job with any team. Yeah. So you know, does he want to take this job? Right, because it's it's sort of like you know, is again he's going to be sort of playing that at, at least potentially at the beginning that sort of second fiddle to Jeff Gordon. Is that what he wants, or does he maybe want to? No, but at, at the same time, though, like we've talked about, it's become more and more common for this structure to be how it works in like in, in various NHL teams. Right, the Canadians aren't the first team to have like someone in Jeff Gordon's position and then GM under. And if what Matthew Madden wants to be a GM, then it, whatever other team potentially hires him in the future, if that's what he's waiting for. 
there's a good chance it's going to be the same structure there anyways, right? Because m- most teams are moving in that direction. So I, I would hope it wouldn't stop him from uh, from, from, from taking the job. you got to think anyone who gets offered the job as a GM, they, they're, they're going to want to take it. Now, to me, the question is more, what does Jeff Gorton want? Does he want a younger person that he can, quote, unquote, I don't want to say control, but like more have, you know, have his say a bit more earlier on and kind of mold him into the type of gym he wants? Or does he want someone with a bit more experience that's maybe going to be challenging him a little bit more like like a like a like Martin Madden? You know, like I, I agree with you. I think the best case scenario is Martin Madden is the GM. Yeah. And, and you know, he a lot of people thought that he was going to take over the Anaheim Ducks job. Um, but their GM was recently let go. Uh, Bob Murray, I forget exactly why he he resigned. Anyway, something happened, uh, and he didn't even get named as the interim GM. So so you got to feel there's there's definitely some hurt feelings there, and he I'm sure he wants out of there ASAP. Um, so you know potentially this is this is going to be the in for the Canadians to hopefully get him because uh, I mean I think by far he would be the best candidate. Now something some. Th- some- there's another candidate that I think some people would argue with, namely my dad would not agree with you that he'd be the best candidate. <laughs> I think a lot of people's dads that listen to this podcast would not agree. And they think that the best candidate I think everyone over fifty thinks that the best candidate would be the great Patrick Roy. Oh, now God. part of me does can't first of all, part of me with, with Roy is that like I'm sick of hearing him being connected to the Canadians. Let's just give him a chance and see how it goes. And then if it doesn't go well, we can stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he, as far as experience goes, he definitely has more experience at the NHL level than Briard and Matt, not Matt, and, 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 and Dash. Like, you got to give him that. Now it's the whole idea of, like, the whole the thing we've just talked about where, you know, Jeff Gordon's there and all that. And, like, will he play ball with, with Jeff Gordon? Now, he went out of his way himself to reach out to the media and tell them that he wants to be the GM, <laughs> which to me is so incredibly unprofessional. Like that to me, I don't know if he thinks that helps him become the GM, but that must've just pissed off Jeff Gordon. No. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, okay. First of all, Patrick Waugh, there is approximately a 0.0% chance he's going to be the next GM of the Canadians. Ah, come Uh, on. It's not that low. It's not that low. There's no way. Okay, first of all, there's no way Jeff Gordon is going to hire Patrick Waugh. Because he, he, uh, you know, maybe he wants a guy that's going to compliment him, but there's no way he's going to deal with the inevitable shit show that Patrick Waugh's going to come. I think Waugh had a better chance before he spoke to the media. Now now I think there's no chance. 100%. And and even from Patrick Waugh's perspective, I don't think he really wants to be in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, where he's going to be, you know, potentially playing second fiddle. You know, I I know that it's a two-person job, but at the same time, you know, he, he wants to have all the control. Um, so I don't think either one of them wants that situation uh, and definitely not after what he said, you know, basically that it was a, you know, it's it's not even that big of a job or, uh, <laughs> you know, all, I mean, all the all the nonsense that he said uh, that, yeah, there, there, there is just no way. And, but man, yeah, I was I, I, I was listening that. on the way to the gym yesterday. I had the 98.5 on, you know, the French sports talk radio station in Montreal and all the callers 
calling in and were yelling about how Patrick Roy had to be the next GM. Like, people want it. You know, <laughs> there's so – because uh, the team needs a winner. Da, 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 like, he's, he's the last winner in the Montreal Canadiens and all that. But then I can't help but think of the Edmonton Oilers who, when they couldn't win for many years, they brought back for a, a lot in management a lot of former players that were part of their teams when they were winning teams. And it went horribly. Like historically bad. It's like not always a good. First of all, being a good player does not make you a good good at management. Like full, like full stop. I mean, we like Gretzky is one of the worst NHL coaches of all time. I mean, it, it's just it's just part of me can't help like my notes. So I have these long notes for every candidate of like their credentials and all that. All I wrote for Patrick Roy is in all caps team chaos. Because <laughs> I just think it would be funny, <laughs> and it would be a lot of fun to have. Like, what GM? Like, what is he gonna do on any given? Like, all the all the shots of him in the press box. Like, like, like Price lets in a bad goal, and he's like swearing, like obviously swearing on on the broadcast when they show him. And I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it would at least be entertaining. If they hired Patrick Wells a GM, I definitely want John Tortorella as the coach. Oh my that, god, that that would be that that'd be amazing. I mean, let's, uh, let's just go full chaos at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. I, mean, I think it's fun to talk about, and I think we're going to get some angry people when he doesn't get the job, but I, I don't think realistically uh, he will end up the job, not having the job. I, I, I really think – it sounds like Briar's the one that has the upper hand. I mean, that's that's the rumors, right? So who knows if they're true, if people are just speculating. But it, like, like, like you said, like Martin Madden is really the best case scenario. There's been a few other names that have been brought up. One has been Roberto Luongo. Nothing against Luongo, but talking about no experience. I mean, that's that's way too quick for for the way he he's funny on Twitter and all, but like as far as his experience outside of hockey, I feel like he retired like a couple of years ago. I feel like it's way too quick. No, exactly. I mean, I I definitely don't think that makes sense. Um, you know, there there's uh, Martin Bradar that's been brought up as well. Um, we you know, we, I mean, we he, personally we were talking about it before the podcast. We have a friend, a very close friend of ours. We talk about hockey with him all the time. I've never quite understood why, but he has a, a irrational hatred for Martin Brodeur. So I, I think I think both of us would be pretty happy if he became GM, just because it would be funny how upset he would be about it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Brodeur, I just. I I don't know. It's like Martin Madden is really when I, I come back to. It. I can't help but be disappointed if it's not him. You just look at the pedigree, and it's especially the drafting record. You know. Oh, for sure. It's just, and it's the thing, and the thing about the drafting record too is that you can directly compare it to what the Canadians have drafted. And there's situations where they drafted players after the Canadians, and the players they drafted were far better than what the Canadians drafted. And like it's, 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 it's like it's so hard to, to talk about the draft in hindsight because like who knows who they would have picked if if who was available and on all that stuff. But it just when it's over such a long period of time and the proof is just right there. I mean. It would be a whole different team if if if, if those those players were picked on this instead of who we got, you know. Yeah, I mean, if the Canadians have Jeff Gordon and Martin Murray, is the is there two guys? I mean, Martin Murray. Yeah, uh, yeah. Martin Madden. Martin Madden. Oh, man. Yeah. I was I was looking at the article about Bob Murray when I said. Oh, that. I see. Yeah, I see. Martin Madden and Jeff Gordon. I mean, that the Canadians could not be in better hands. I mean that that would be just just a dream scenario. 
And then I wouldn't be even be that worried about who the next like head of scouting was going to be because I, I know he'd be he'd have a great like, like kind of mentor in Martin Madden, you know, like to to, to help him out. I just I don't know. It, it would be the best case scenario if it's Dalshan or Briar. I'll be kind of cautiously optimistic because I because I have such faith in Jeff Gordon, like I won't be too worried about that either. But then if it's Matt Matten, then I'll be like hundred percent confident. You know, it's just. Oh, it, yeah. it, it's it's the kind of the difference between them. So we'll see what happens. You gotta think that if Matheman wants to come here, like that he'll be offered the job. But who knows, right? It really depends on what Jeff Gordon wants. If he wants someone with more say or less say, I think is really what's gonna be the biggest difference here. Yeah, but I mean, it definitely makes sense. And you know, I I don't necessarily think we're gonna get an an answer to this soon. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really wondering when this is gonna happen. Um, you know, I, I tend to think that now I, I'm thinking if, if it's, if it is Martin Madden, it's, it's probably going to be near the off season. I don't know if he'd be allowed to leave during the season. Um, one thing that I had heard is that Matsuri Dash uh, has a thing in his contract where he would be able to leave during the season. Um, so, you know, maybe the, I, maybe the longer this goes on, the better chance we have of Martin Madden. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's something that's probably going to be not done anytime soon, like probably near the end of the regular season at the earliest. Really? You think it's going to take that long? I don't know. But I, mean, I, I, I guess so so, so then soon. all the, the, the like the trade deadline and all that it's all going to be Jeff Gordon and he, I guess that's the thing. The Canadians essentially have a GM right now. Yeah. They they just yeah. don't have like the guy who was going to have the title of GM. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think they're going to be in any rush. You know, they're going who, to find the right guy. Who gets hired first, though? The, the GM that, or the the new uh, Trevor Timmons' replacement? Uh, I mean, I guess probably the GM. Um, and, and in fact, I'm thinking that particularly if Martin Madden gets hired, I would think that he could potentially bring over some of his scouts from uh, from the Ducks. So that yeah. would be even a better scenario. Yeah. I, it's it's exciting stuff. I mean, I, I'm excited. I, I I can't wait to see like the moves that I I'm, I'm excited to see the first, even if they're small moves by by Jeff Gordon, because it'll tell us what his kind of vision is a little bit. I think you know, uh, I I just I just I I I, I like to believe that he, he's going to play this smart and we're going to go through more of a of a proper rebuild and here's the thing a proper rebuild for the canadians i don't think would be that bad because the, the, there's already suzuki there i mean romanov is like it, it, they're not like we have some young guys there to build to start building around it, it doesn't feel like we'd be at the beginning of like a long five-year one you know I, I think it's worth it but we'll see how it goes but i mean I'm, I'm more excited now about about the canadians than i've been all year with with how they've been playing but uh i mean i, I guess time will tell Aside from, I, we didn't talk about the games at all lately, but like I joked at the beginning, uh, they they lose a couple, they win one, they still haven't won twice in a row, which is no really impressive. It's imp- it's impressive, honestly. Like that, that's kind of that's gonna be hard to do. Well, uh, now broke, like, let's not forget. I mean, they broke a franchise record for uh, the the least amount of points after yeah. I think like twenty games. So uh, so yeah. I mean, that is kind of impressive. That's special. Yeah, that's special. And now the next few games. Against Colorado, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Oof. That's, <laughs> uh, watch so them w- win two in a row against the, these teams. Like that, That's how it usually goes, right? None, I don't expect that to happen. Actually. No, definitely not. <laughs> be 
And uh, yeah, so I think that does it for the GM talk. I mean, we'll have plenty to talk about when we actually get more news about who the next GM is going to be. And the other news that was worth mentioning here is that this this made me worried when I first saw it popping on Twitter that Caden Gooley got traded. I was like, oh no, is Jeff Gordon trading our youth for uh, immediate help? But no, it was uh, a minor league trade. I mean, does that mean a lot to you in uh, in your eyes for yeah. for his development? I mean, uh, oh yeah, for for sure, yeah. So I mean, he he got traded from his junior team, uh, Prince Albert uh, Raiders, over to one of the best teams in 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 Canada in in the CHL, the Edmonton Oil Kings. So, you know, he's going to be playing on on a, just a juggernaut in the WHL, one of if not the best team. Um, so I mean, that's that's great news for him. You know, he's going to have well, presumably a very long season. You know, in a long WHL playoffs. Probably, you know, potentially uh, a Memorial Cup run as well. He's going to be, you know, potentially the captain for the for the Team Canada yeah. World Junior Team as well. So uh, this is definitely going to be a huge season for his development, and you know, hopefully he can. Uh, you know, he should. We should see him with the Rocket next year, maybe even with the Canadians at some point next season. I, I would not be surprised even with the Canadians next year if if, if the team goes through the, the the proper like rebuild. Because look at teams like Ottawa, right? In the last few years, like. The, that's the, the the kids get their their playing time. They get their their opportunities, and I, it's worth mentioning too that it's been bad in Montreal and it's, it's been pretty bad in Laval too. But there's been some other uh, prospects doing really well. I mean, Joshua Hawk keeps doing really well. He 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 keeps popping up on my timeline. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Joshua Watt is uh, the leader in, well, the scoring leader in the queue, and and actually today just got invited to yeah. the to the World Junior camp as well. So, do you think massive. so? Caden Gooley's obviously making the team. Do you think Joshua was going to make the team? Uh man, like I, I, he, he definitely has a chance. I mean, I think it's it's going to be tough because uh, I mean, I think a lot of the time, you know, Team Canada likes to keep guys that they're familiar with, guys yeah. that have been, you know, with the. You know, well, I've definitely like Gooley, who's been with the World Junior Team before. But the guys that have played with like the U18 team before, they they typically like to keep the same guys all the time. Um, so he he definitely has an up, uh, you know, an uphill battle. But but the way that he's been playing, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't put it past him. That's for sure. At the very least, it probably improves his chances of making it next year, right? I'm assuming he'd still be eligible next year, and as kind of his second year going to the camp, maybe then they they'd have a bit more of a connection with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, he could. Uh, I believe he would still be eligible next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Gouli's a shoe in, and and why? I mean, you know, he he de- with the way that he's been playing, I mean, he's definitely turned a lot of heads, and you know, he he could be a possibility. All right. I mean, that I think unless there's is there any other prospects that worth uh, worth mentioning? It's it's nice to talk about good news around the Habs organization. <laughs> Uh, I mean, aside from Joshua Wa, I mean, they also have uh, Xavier Simano, who they also drafted last year. Uh, he is he is an overager, 20 years old, um, in the queue, and he's in uh, well, he's in the top five of scoring. I think he's third, if I'm not mistaken. He's having a great year. Same thing with the Habs second round pick last year, Riley Kidney. He's in the top ten of scoring. Um, so lots of good prospects and lots of homegrown prospects too. So that's that's definitely good news moving forward. I mean, uh, hopefully that's what we're going to be talking about in a few years when we talk about the the, the 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 group that just got let go. Is that at least they let a cupboard full of of, of solid prospects for uh for the new guys. So uh, I think uh, that'll do it for uh for this week. Uh, we'll try to get an episode next week. Uh, we've been a little bit uh, every other week these days, and we had to do one today, obviously with uh, with the move that happened. But uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, on Twitter at the Habs Forum, it's where 
Dustin loves letting you guys know the podcast is coming up and you can ask us questions and then we're very excited about it on the on the podcast. So <laughs> ask your questions there. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next.